2 Corinthians 4.18, let's look there together. 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. How many understand what you're going through right now is temporary? See, some of you came in today and you think what I'm going through, I'm going to go through it forever. My kids are a mess. My finances are a mess. My uh, health is a mess. We got all these things, but I'm here to tell you what you're going through, according to the Word of God, it's temporary. The things you cannot see are eternal. How many believe that? I believe what you're going through today, it is subject to change. Somebody ought to be glad for that today. Amen. I'm glad that the Word of God tells me that what I'm going through today, it's not here to stay. It will come to pass. Amen. Let's pray over the reading of the Word. Father God, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. If we ever needed you, Lord, we need you in this hour. We're asking that conviction come strong into this place. Lord, those that are here that have sin in their life, that are backslidden, that do not know you, I pray, Lord, that it would be hot in here for them today, that they would be drawn to Jesus by the power of Holy Ghost fire in the name of the Lord. And we bring, uh, Lord, every thought into captivity, those distracting thoughts brought into captivity for the weapons of our warfare, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, be loosed in the name of Jesus, I Lord, we declare that nothing is impossible today. Lord, help me. If I've ever needed your help, I need it today. Have mercy in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, why don't you tell two or three people, I see great things coming your way. It's inevitable. You can be seated, all right? I see great things coming your way. It's inevitable. I noticed a trend going on. Uh, in funerals that I have gone to lately that a lot of them don't even have a preacher anymore. And a lot of them don't talk about anything. They talk about, oh, you know, this person mowed their yard good. This per, you know, they were a good neighbor to us. They, they, they shoveled our driveway one time. We had a bad storm, you know. I'm like, okay, those are nice things. But really, I think a funeral should be about three things, heaven, Jesus, and the person that died. And I think heaven is very important because it not only gives people there something to think about that is something that is hopeful, and uh, it's a good thing, but I don't know why we don't have even many songs anymore about heaven. Heaven does not seem to be on too many people's mind. I remember when I was a boy, I, I, we sang, I have heaven on my mind. You know, we'd sing another song, I woke up this morning with my mind staying on Jesus and my mind on heaven. And I, I think that we need to be more aware of eternal things than we are temporal things. This earth is temporary. My mom and dad are 90 and 92, but this earth is temporary. They've lived here a long time, and they're living today, and they'll be watching this later. But I'm here to tell you that even at 90 and 92, this is temporary, and what we're talking about is eternal. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. 
For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We have a tendency only to live for this earth. And we have a tendency to work hard, and even we lay up treasures, uh, uh, you know, where moth and rust does corrupt, but we ought to lay up our treasure where we're spending the most time in our life. When we live only for earth, we sacrifice the temporary for the eternal. I saw an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, and I saw them uh, talking And Arnold Schwarzenegger, he said that heaven is some fantasy. Schwarzenegger and his pal Danny DeVito, they got into deep discussion about what happens when you die. And the actor maintained that heaven is some kind of fantasy. And I thought that was very ironic that we even care what an actor says about heaven. The guy who pretends to be the Terminator and the barbarian, and he's worried and he calls heaven, is a fantasy. I don't think you're getting it. Howard Stern then asked Schwarzenegger, tell me, Governor, what happens to us when we die? He said, nothing. You're six feet under. Anyone that tells you something else is a blanking liar. I used expletive for the first service, but everybody looked at me a little blank. (laughs) He He called you a liar with a cuss word if you believe in heaven. DeVito chimed in and said, when we die, we deteriorate, except in some fantasy. There again, it's ironic that that a guy that pretends to be Arnold's twin is telling us heaven's a fantasy. Schwarzenegger then responded, when people talk about it and say, I will see them again in heaven, it sounds so good. But the reality is that we will not see each other after we're gone. That's the sad part. He said, I know that people feel comfortable with death, but I don't. Now listen, I don't know who feels comfortable with death, but I have a slight comfort with death knowing that I am going to spend eternity, not in hell, but I will spend eternity in heaven because I am not just going six feet under. My body may go there, but I'm telling you, one day when the trumpet sounds and the shout goes up, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive remain will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So, the only way to be slightly comfortable with death is to know where you will spend eternity. And I say it like this, if heaven's a fantasy, well then let me dream on because I'm expecting one day to go to heaven. My aim is toward heaven. I'm planning on going to heaven and my wish is for all that I get in touch with and in contact with for them to go to heaven and I have spent my life leading people toward heaven. Heaven is real. And I don't know how we made heaven disappear I don't know how we made heaven not important. I don't know how it got to be something we don't talk about that much in church, but I think we need to make heaven great again. 
And one of the reasons I believe heaven needs to be great again is there are people that are messed up in this world. They say that over $600 million will be spent today on mood-altering drugs because people have found out they can't live without these drugs, and without these drugs, they feel like they have no hope. Well, the hope of heaven changes everything for me. I have a hope that tomorrow can be better than today. I am living in a a place right now that is temporary, but where I am going is eternal. Are you with me today? We got these guys and Danny DeVito, and we got Arnold Schwarzenegger and all these others. uh, These are the same kind of stars that when they die, everybody says, well, R.I.P. They live like crazy. And then when they die, the first thing up on social media is R.I.P. That means rest in peace. So who's really going to rest in peace? Is it going to be old people that were nice? No. How about famous people? Will they rest in peace? No. How about athletes? No. How about nice people? How about actors and actresses that we love on the screen? No. Isaiah 57.2 says this, For the godly who die shall rest in peace. For the godly who die shall rest in peace. So who's going to rip? It will be the godly. So the other side of that coin is the ungodly will not rest in peace. They will be in turmoil. They will be in torment according to the Bible. The Bible calls the opposite of heaven the place of torment. And you preach some things like this and people will want to cancel you. They want to cancel Christians. They want to cancel heaven. They want to cancel Christianity. And I'm a little fed up with some of the talk. And I say it's about time that we cancel some of these movie stars and some of these sports stars and some of these famous people that can't keep their mouths shut. Are you listening to me? See, if you've got something bad to say about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his word and his church and his Holy Ghost and my home heaven and his precious blood, I don't have to watch your stuff. I don't need to be entertained by you. I'm going to say quit messing up your team. Quit messing up my movies. Are you understanding me? I will pray for you, but keep your mouth shut. I don't know where we got to the place where we just, we have laid down and we're playing possum. Folks, I'm not playing possum anymore. It's time that we get bold. Are you hearing me? Although some want to cancel heaven completely, there are others that believe in a heaven, but they don't believe a, a hell. Others believe in heaven without a hell. And I don't think you can do that. I want to preach mainly on heaven, but i got to talk about the opposite. The Bible says uh, that there is a way that gets you to heaven, and there's a way that gets you to hell. The Bible says that uh, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and narrow is the way that leads to life. So narrow is the way to heaven. Broad is the way to destruction, the way that leads you to hell. When you act like everybody else, like a fool, you will find yourself going to hell. 
hell. But when you turn your life around and say, I'm going to serve him with everything I got, uh, you will be on your way to heaven. I'm telling you, there is something that's got to happen. You've got to have a renewing of your mind. The Bible says something else. It says you can't go in the same direction everybody else goes, but you are to have a transformation. Are you understanding me? And you will have a change in your life. See, not all roads lead to heaven. They may tell you that every religion will get you to the same God, but I'm here to tell you the only road to heaven is through saving faith in Jesus Christ. There is one way to heaven. It is through the Son, Jesus. Jesus said himself, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man, not you, not your child, not any mankind, men, women, children, teenagers, boys and girls get to God, but through Jesus Christ, the Son. If you believe that, give him a shout today. And I preach like this this morning because I want heaven to be full and hell to be empty. I wish that that would be the way it is, but if I read the Bible, all I can do is help as many as I can. But the choice is still up to you. There are people here today that you are going to make a choice before you leave this building, whether you will go to heaven or whether you will go to hell. It's not up to the preacher. It's not up to your mama that baptized you in water when you were a child. This week I was at the gym with Hector, my son-in-law. We were going to get in the hot tub, and and we're walking out, and uh, a man yells, Hey, preacher! And I, I know the guy. He's a preacher, too. All right, he said, come on over. He's in the pool. I walk over there. He said, stick around. We're going to have a baptismal service. I said, that's awesome. Some lady, he just met there, wanted to give her life to Jesus. He said, now you need to get baptized. That sounds like a good Baptist to me. Folks, some of us need a little good Baptist in us. Folks, when you get saved, you need to get baptized in water. Then get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I believe in all of it. But here, there was a man. There's a lady who got baptized, and she, she lifted up her hands and was praising God at the public pool. All right? And then there was a man, a, a man 75, 80 years old. I, I said, congratulations, sir. This is a great day in your life. And he said, I got baptized when I was about two, but it didn't really mean anything. My mama did it. Like, I don't know what that what religion does it when you're two, but I don't know. Maybe you got sprinkled. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you something. He said, now it means something to me. He was crying. I'm going to tell you something. There's something about this. Let heaven be full and hell be empty. One thing I love about heaven, we need to make heaven great because heaven is important to the Christian. Throughout the Bible, heaven is important to the Christian. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, the Bible said there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Heaven is important to the Christian. Are you understanding me? When Jesus was baptized in water, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Heaven is important to the Christian. Why is heaven important? Because the Bible said when Jesus comes back, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Heaven is important for the Christian. Jesus is coming back, but he's coming from heaven, and he's going to meet uh, those that are alive in the air and the dead in Christ. We're going to meet him in the air. The Lord himself comes with a shout from heaven. That's the rapture. 
Why is heaven important? Philippians 3.20 says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we read that in the King James, it would see, seem to be like, well, what we talk about is important, our conversation about heaven. But that, it could mean that, but it, it means something else. It really means that your uh, uh, citizenship is in heaven. I have a passport. I have one right there in my bag in the front row. I carry it with me everywhere I go. That way I don't lose it. But I, you can tell I carry my phone and I didn't know it was in my pocket. But I can tell you where my, but I'm going to tell you, that passport, I like it when I come back to the U.S. Because that passport, I don't have to get in the slow line. I get in the fast line. And I have, have global entry. So I have paid for the FBI to do a background check on me. Whatever that means. Can you trust the FBI? I don't know. And then I have another background check because I have, okay, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, don't cancel me. And so I go through the line the other day. I come back from Costa Rica. My son-in-law, they let him right through. They say, you need to go to that room over there. You ever watch Smuggler? I'm in the Smuggler room. You know? I don't know what that show's called. It's a, you know, I got arrested and, you know, well, they put me in this room and I'm with a bunch of people that they look like they need to be wearing orange jumpsuits with chains. Man, I judged some folks, didn't I? I don't know, you know, hey, listen, you don't like judging. The Bible has a whole book called Judges. If you're going to be a Christian, you're probably going to judge. If I know you have 42 cats and we have a potluck dinner, I'm not eating your stuff. And you would do the same thing. You must judge too. If I go to the restaurant with Hans this week and the cook comes out and he looks like he's all yellowed-eyed, like he's got hepatitis, I'm not eating. But some of you go, oh, you can't, you, you judge somebody. Well, I'm in that room with a bunch of people, and I'm, they're treating me like a criminal. But I got the, I got the USA passport. They bring me up to the front, and I'm not worried because I know I, I've had the FBI background check. I, I should, this shouldn't be happening. I paid extra. The guy, he goes, sir, do you have another password? I said, well, no. Have you had another? Yes. Have you had one that got stolen? Yes. I said, my briefcase got stolen when I was in Houston, Texas. They broke the window of the rental car, and took my briefcase, and my passport was in there. He said, well, I think that's the problem. I think your old number is showing up instead of your new number. You need to go into your record locator with your airlines and make sure it's your new passport. But see, my citizenship says USA. But the truth is, I'm a citizen not of the USA as much as I'm a citizen of heaven. See, that's the problem we have in America. We put America above God. God is above America. 
It's in God we trust. And I don't trust anybody in D.C. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're amening now. We've all been lied to. All right, our citizenship, that's why heaven's important to us. Verse 2 of Daniel 12. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So there's something that happens after you die. Where do you go? Everlasting life, everlasting contempt. Many want to go to heaven but are not prepared to satisfy the conditions. How can you end up in heaven taking a hell-bound bus? You can't live uh, any way you want and make it to heaven. You must be prepared. Jesus went to prepare a place for you. How are you going to go to a prepared place without being prepared? Lori and I had a little appointment this week, a private appointment. All right, we had a colonoscopy. And we had to prepare for that thing. What did we have to do? We had to make ourselves sick the day before so they could do something sick to us. Like, I'm drinking this stuff. And they say, you need to stay close to home. And I drank this stuff, and my stomach starts going, it's making noise. And it's circulating. And I had to go to the post. I had to go to the bank. And I said, Lori, I'm going to risk it and go to the bank. I said, I'm feeling pretty good except this noise. And the bank's not close to my house. It's like 25 minutes. So 25 minutes there, 25 minutes back, 10 minutes at the bank. I go to the bank and I'm walking in like this. I have my stretchy pants on. Some, you know, my mother wouldn't approve of this, okay? She'll probably watch later and shake her head. And she'll say, I raised you better than this, you know? And sometimes my wife says she raised me better than this. But I mean, I had to prepare. We had to be cleaned out in order for them to take a look. I'm, making, I'm trying to make it as light as I can. But we got to do that for a procedure in this world that is temporary. Now, I left that office in the fetal position sucking my thumb. But I talked to somebody the other day and they said, well, I'm not going to really go to church. I'm not really going to serve the Lord. I'm just going to take my chance. I'll make it to heaven. They're good people. They're good people. But they're going to take their chance. Jesus warned us about deception in the last days. Luke 21 and 8 said, Take heed that you be not deceived. 
And really, the Bible even says most people deceive themselves. See, I, 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 you know, there are people that I have been ramping up my social media stuff in the last two weeks, and I'm provoking people. And people are cussing me out. People are mad. People will get on everything. It's pretty interesting. But I've decided I like it because I'm going to tell you, Jesus said when everybody loves you, you're probably not a follower of his. So I'm making some people not like me. I can see this. But the thing is, most of the arguments are deceiving themselves. Most of the arguments are deceiving themselves. Paul warned about deception, who's going to heaven? 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you're not in right standing with God, you will not go to heaven. Only through the blood of Jesus. So what it is, is we were all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all been sinners, but the blood of Jesus cleanses us and makes us uh, righteous. He takes us from unrighteous to righteous, from hell to heaven. And, but it says, be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. When I read that list... He said, do not be deceived. None of these people are going to make it to heaven unless you've been washed in the blood, unless your unrighteousness becomes clean through the blood of Jesus. But there are people that will give up and say, my affair is more important than my eternity. Boom. My partying is more important than my eternity. My sexual immorality is more important than my eternity. See, they will give up heaven for their life choices. Heaven. Why is it so important to us? It's where Jesus is. It's where Jesus is. The Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. John 14, you believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there's the words right here. Where I am, you can be there also. That's why heaven's so important to us. Heaven's so important to us because Jesus is there. I could read a lot of more scripture, but I'm going to go on. Why is heaven so important? We will be there forever. This earth is temporary. I don't know what you're going through. You might be going through heartache, pain, and suffering, and trouble, but the word of God is clear. Uh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The Bible is very clear that uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I'm here to tell you, you might have some issues. I'm a faith preacher, I, but I'm going to tell you trouble comes to everybody, but I'm here to tell you trouble goes in the name of Jesus, and the greatest thing is I know that my tomorrow can be better than today. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
what we're going through is not temporary. One day we're going to heaven. What we're going through now is temporary, but what we go to later will be eternal. Why is heaven so important? The saved will immediately be with Jesus in heaven. That's what's so awesome. When a saved person dies, we know according to 2 Corinthians 5.8, absent from the body, present with the Lord. I'm so glad uh, that I know that gives me some peace. I miss them. I love them. They're my family. They're my friends. They're people I loved on this earth. But it won't be the last time I see them if I live for Christ. When I die, I will be absent from the body. I will be immediately with the Lord. I do not go to purgatory. I don't have to pay the church money to get me out of some holding state. I don't have to have a a relative get baptized for me to make it to heaven. I make it there only by the shed blood of Jesus and faith and grace in Jesus Christ. Jesus, to the thief on the cross, he said this, Verily I say unto thee today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. He didn't say, hey, wait a little while. He didn't say, hey, Six months, if you give the priest enough money, we'll get you to heaven. But he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Two crosses near Jesus that day. You got Jesus, you got three crosses, but two, the thieves on the crosses near Jesus. Each one of them made a decision about their eternity that day. Like some of you are going to make a decision about your eternity today. See, sometimes we come to church and say, well, I hope they don't challenge me. Or we come here and we we think, well, nothing's going to happen. But I'm telling you, they're on the cross. They made a decision. Some of you are going to make one today. One of them mocked and ridiculed Jesus. The other one, the other thief, both of them are thieves. Both of them are sinners like every one of us. The other one asked for mercy. And just like... Those two on the crosses that day at Calvary, your decision you make uh, today uh, about your eternity, I'm going to tell you many of you will get things right with God. Others of you will choose, and maybe you'll laugh this off. But there will be a day I will tell you that the laughing will stop. When I read about the rich man that went to hell, we don't find him laughing. He fared sumptuously, the Bible says. He ate good, he dressed good, he lived a good life, but there he ended up in hell. He might have been one of those guys that said, hey, look, you know, I'm going to take my chance. I do good things. I do the best I can. I'm nice to people most of the time. You know, we weigh it out. But he said, can you just get somebody to dip their finger in water and touch? the tip of my tongue for I am here in torment can't be done then he said hey get somebody to tell my brothers about this get them to tell about Jesus they need to know they need to know they wouldn't listen even if you sent one that died on the cross There's some people that just won't listen, but I'm here to tell you, I'm pleading with somebody today. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to make it right. Today's the day to know that when you die, you'll go to heaven. Why is heaven so important? It is the reward of the Christian. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. 
Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have not pro- we have have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Heaven is the reward of the Christian. Sometimes we we say, you know, oh, you know, we we make it like, just come to Jesus, it'll be easy. I'm going to tell you something. It's not easy serving the Lord. If it would be that case, everybody that came to Christ and turned away from him would still be serving the Lord. I honor people that have been serving the Lord 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, one year. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't, I don't preach some weak man's gospel. This is a strong man's gospel. I don't know where we get some uh, hippie Jesus that looks like a feminine guy that died on the cross. I'm telling you, he's the strong son of God. He did not go there because they forced him to go. He went there willingly for you and I. They did not kill him. He gave his life for you and I that we didn't have to go to a devil's hell. But he went there willingly because he wanted you to be free from the burden of sin. Why is heaven so important? Heaven is available to every man, every woman, every teenager, every child, every nationality, every ethnicity, every religion. That's why I'm so excited about revival happening in Pakistan. You know what it is? That's God's mercy being poured out in the last days because he's not willing that any should perish but all come to repentance. If God will do that in Pakistan, he's reaching out to you today. That person right here that I'm talking to, I'm looking at some of you that got sin in your life. You're not ready to meet God. I'm telling you, that's his mercy that is knocking on your heart's door today and don't turn him away. The Bible says in Revelation 21, verse 27, There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defiles, neither whatsoever works abomination or makes a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. That tells me right there there's not going to be sin in heaven. If there's sin in heaven, then Jesus did not need to come to this earth. He came with a purpose. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. When John the Baptist saw Jesus coming down the road, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I'm telling you, I should have gone to hell, but Jesus turned me around. I ask you today, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Some people say, well, I hope it's there. Some of you might say, my name used to be there because you served the Lord once, but now you're in a backslidden condition. See, even Revelation, the third chapter, talks about names being blotted out. There's names in that book. In the old days, we say that God used whiteout. Now we just say he hit the delete key. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Some of you say, well, I hope so. I wish so. Some of you say, I'm about 98 or 99% sure that my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Here's what I say to you that I say all the time. If you're only 98 or 99% sure your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I say you're 100% lost. 1 John 5, 13 says you can know you have eternal life. 
Romans chapter 8 says you can know you're a child of God. I want everybody to stand in this building. We'll dismiss together in a moment, but everybody stand. The great baseball player that turned evangelist, Billy Sunday, he said this, I quote, it's either heaven or hell for you and me. At the end of this life, it's either heaven or hell for you and me. Hmm. Which one will it be? You say it's up to God. He sent his son Jesus and made it up to you. It's your choice. See, when I read my Bible, one of the things I like, he says, I set before you life and death. So he gives you a choice, life or death. But then God is so good, he gives you the answer. He says, choose life. Who wouldn't choose life? Some of you are sitting here, and you're not sure. You'd die, you'd go to heaven. God's speaking to your heart right now. That what you're feeling, that's conviction. That's one of the blessings the Lord gives us. Because he's not willing that you perish, but he's wanting you to change your life. He's wanting you to be saved, but he wants you to want to. He doesn't make robots. He makes people. He didn't make you AI. You're not artificial intelligence. Are you listening to me? He made you. I want you to check yourself. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around today. I want you to check yourself. Where do you stand with God? If you've got sin in your life, you're not, you're not ready for heaven. you got disobedience in your life, you're not ready for heaven. At the end of our life, when our heart quits beating, it's either heaven or hell. Which will it be? In this building, I'm going to ask something, and I'm going to ask a little backwards, so pay very close attention to me. Listen to me right now. I'm asking a little backwards, so pay attention. I'm asking right now how many of you are 100% sure if your heart were to quit beating that you'd go to heaven and not go to hell. You're 100% sure beyond a shadow of a doubt. Not 98, not 98, not 99% sure, but 100% sure. If your heart were to quit beating at this moment, you'd go to heaven and not hell. If that's you, would you lift up your hand in the air and leave it up? Don't raise your hand if you don't know. This is just between me, you, and God right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just leave it up just for a moment. I'm just looking around a little bit. Put your hands down, all right? I saw many, many hands raised. I thank God for that, that we know that we're ready for heaven. But I'm going to tell you, there were quite a few hands not raised in every section. Some of you say, well, I'm a visitor here. Well, we're friendly to visitors. We want you to go to heaven with us. Some of you say, well, what would the pastor think? What would my family think? What would my wife think? Husband, your wife already knows all your problems. You need to get in this altar. Don't fool yourself. Somebody say, what will people think? Well, when we have our appointment with God, when we stand before him one day, it will not matter what our friends think, what our family thinks, what our pastor thinks, what our neighbors think, our classmates. 
It only matters what God thinks. So I'm asking you to get some courage and some guts. Come on, it's going to take some strength today, but I think you can do it. I'm asking you to get some guts. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Jesus said, if you deny me, I will deny you. Then he said these words of mercy. He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Listen, if you couldn't raise your hand saying, I'm 100% sure if I, my heart were to quit beating, I'd go to heaven. And you need a fresh start, a new beginning. I want you to step out of your seat. Don't hesitate a moment. Come right now and stand here facing me. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Come on. All over this building. If you're in the middle of the aisle, just tap your neighbor. They'll let you out. Come on. Come on. Come on quickly. Come on. Don't, don't miss out. Come on. Thank you for coming so quick. Come on. There, there's 30 people need to be down here right now. Come on. Don't worry what people think. Can you imagine? The Bible says when the rich man went to hell, he remembered. You're going to remember you had an opportunity and you didn't take it up. Come on. Are there others that would come quickly? Come on. Keep coming. Come on. We're not waiting for a song. We're not waiting for anything. We're waiting for you. You say, I'm standing by my parents. Come on. Your parents know. Your parents will be glad. Come on. I want you to come. Come on, young people. Come on, sir. Dad, get some guts. Be the leader of your family you're supposed to be. Come on, is there anybody else that'll come? Come on, I'm going to wait about 30 more seconds. We've already got seven, eight, nine people, 12 people. Come on, can we get some more to come today? Come on, some of you begin to pray. Just under your, uh, uh, just pray, uh, 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 just under your breath. Come on, interceding for people right now. Come on, there's families that need to come. Come on, devil, you're a liar. You take your hands off in the name of Jesus. It's not God's plan for any of you to go to hell, but that you all go to heaven. Come on. Come on, we're down to 10 seconds. Is there anybody else? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Come on. Join these that are already here. Come on, have mercy, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, a miracle today. Somebody came in here today. Come on, you, you're far from God, and you know it. You've been running. You've been running. You've been running. You've been running. I'm here to tell you, somebody's getting their last chance today. You say, why you talk like that? Because I'm telling you, it's time to quit fooling around. Jesus could come at any moment. Is there anybody else that would come? Anybody else? Come on, thank you. Thank you. Come on, have mercy. Come on. Listen, if you're standing beside somebody that's a friend of yours, if you want to, you can just lean over and say, I'll go to the altar with you if you want. Or you can just ask them, if you died, would you go to heaven or hell? And they say, heaven, well, then you just hug each other. But if they say hell, you say, you don't have to go. Come with me. We'll go to the altar together. Come on. I give you permission to do that. Come on. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Lord, have mercy in the name of Jesus. I want the prayer team to come and get behind these that are already here. How many in this building today would say, Preacher, I heard about heaven today. I believe what you preached. But I want the Lord to use me to bring other people to heaven with me. 
I need to rev it up a notch or two. I'm asking the Lord to use me mightily in these last days. I'm asking the Lord to use me to win my family, the Lord to, to be a witness, to tell people about Jesus, to bring people to heaven. How many are like that today in your seat? Some of you need to take a step of faith and just join me here in this altar. By doing it, you're just showing God, I'm serious about this. Use me, Lord. He'll open doors for you. Come on, you want some doors to open for you to speak into your relative's life. You want some doors to open to that to speak into your classmates, into your workforce, uh, into, into some people around you, your neighbors. Step out of your seat and just join me here in the altar. Come on. Just say, I'm asking the Lord to use me today. I'm not, I'm not talking about quit your job. I'm not talking about going to Africa. I'm not going, talking about going to Pakistan. I'm not talking, but I'm asking the Lord to use me. Some of you need to take a step of faith today. Now do something with me. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. The word there is, I will that men pray everywhere. That's men, mankind, men, women, teenagers, children. I will that men pray everywhere. That's North Carolina. I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. I want everybody in this building to lift up both hands if you're physically able. We're getting ready to pray. It's the Bible way to pray. Come on. I lift up hands. It shows I'm not mad at God. It shows that I'm here in faith. You're a God pleaser with your hands lifted right now. Come on. I want you to pray this with me. Everybody pray. The Bible said you need to confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. I want you to say it out loud all over this building where two or three people can hear you. Say it real boldly. Some of you need to know that when you die, you'll go to heaven. Some of you need a fresh start, a new beginning. I want you to say this with me right now. Dear God in heaven, when I die, I want to go to heaven. Today, I ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart, come into my life. I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. He shed his blood for me. And that blood is cleansing me from every sin. I repent of my past. I have a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of direction. I believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And I boldly confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I'm never going to be the same. Thank you for this new beginning. Old O-L-D, old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm never going to be the same. Give me boldness. Give me courage that I might speak your word. Open up doors for me that I might be a blessing to others. In the name of Jesus. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing 
and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, He is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracle signs and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.